You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you on this fourth Sunday of Advent, our, our week of joy, as we talk about moving from an almost place to an altogether place. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, verses 39 through 45. It'll be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Joy. Joy, that durable, inexhaustible, essential, inadequate word. Joy nearly defies description and category. Joy isn't happiness, per se, even though it can be an experience of happiness and an experience of gladness. Sometimes joy is found in the darkest of places. Much like we talked about hope in the last couple of weeks, how interesting that hope is, is, is one of the ways in which we reach out to the world. It's the first thing we mention in our mission here at Asbury, bringing hope. Hope is only mentioned once in all of the Gospels and in a peculiar setting. Do not lend money in the hope of getting it back. Same thing is with joy, at least in the Gospel of Mark. Joy is only mentioned once in Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 4, verse 16. And in this context, here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. In other words, in the context of our worship series these last few weeks, the rocky ground is like receiving an almost joy. Something that is fleeting, something that is not permanent. There's a little room for joy in Mark's gospel, but that, but that makes sense. Mark's gospel is very fast-paced. Mark uses the word immediately over and over again. Jesus immediately did this. Jesus immediately did that. And he went here and he went there. And when we're always on the move, there's very little room for joy. And if I'm being honest, my Advent experience has been as if Mark wrote it. <laughs> Going here, doing that, seeing that. You know, we only get, we get, we get four gifts for my kids, something to wear, or so, sorry, something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. The only problem is all four of those things are in different stores. So we're running all over the place 
during this time. And sometimes, sometimes if we're not careful, we don't leave much room for joy. Luke's gospel, on the other hand, is saturated with joy. It's dripping with joy. Right at the very beginning when the angel comes to Zechariah and says, you and Elizabeth will be having a child, the angel says, you will have joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. That that distinction is important. That segregation is important. Joy is not a synonym for gladness. Gladness and happiness are fleeting. It's like uh, on Christmas morning uh, when you're opening presents and family is there and the Yule log is burning. I hope that you are filled with happiness and gladness. But is it joy? See, joy remains. Joy is the steadfast assurance that God is with us. And we can test if we have been filled with an almost joy that is fleeting or an altogether joy, which remains, if when the presents have been packed away, family has left and the fire is no longer burning, do we somehow feel less than? Some of us might feel relieved. (laughs) Whatever the case, joy remains. Joy is steadfast. Now there is, there is value, there is value in almost, as opposed to altogether. We've been talking about being an uh, almost Christian versus being an altogether Christian. There is value in almost. I pray and hope that this holiday season, this Advent and Christmas and holiday season, you are filled with happiness and you are filled with gladness and that you experience joy. But joy is when the happiness has faded and there still remains gratitude and thanksgiving and peace. Something curious happens when the angel uh, announces to Zechariah that he and Elizabeth are going to have a child. You will have joy and gladness. Zechariah didn't believe it to be so. And therefore he was struck dumb. He could not speak until he announced the name of the child. His name will be John. He's rendered silent until that moment. And then something curious, something funny happens. It, it's, this is an aside, but there's this moment of Southern hospitality uh, in the text. Um, he says, his name, will, his name will be John. It's very much like the, oh, bless his heart. You know, it sounds nice, but it totally isn't. <laughs> Zechariah says, his name shall be John. And you can hear his very Southern and proper aunt say, No one in the family has been named John, which is Southern for don't name him John. (laughs) No one in the family is named. His name shall be John. And when Zechariah announces this, then he can finally speak. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we read this, this, this silence to be a divine punishment for his disbelief. But I don't believe that that is altogether correct. Because sometimes in order to experience joy, this joy and gladness that the angel said he would, sometimes we have to slow down and stop and stave off the hectic Christmas fervor. That's one of the reasons why I love the longest night worship service, which is tonight at 7. 
You're not being asked to wrap anything. You're not being asked to cook anything. You're not being asked to put on a happy face for anyone. It's a time simply to be, to be with God. Let the world spin without you for just a moment, especially during this season in which it is difficult for some. It's an opportunity for you to get lost in the presence of God. And in so doing, reclaim the joy that you think you may have lost. For example, there are two clergy persons in Louisiana Conference, Ed and Nancy Cooper, who are co-pastors of First United Methodist Church in Pineville, Louisiana, and a tornado came through last week and destroyed their home. But this is what they saw in the living room. A banner of joy. Even in the midst of a tree being in their living room and their windows blown out. What a powerful, powerful image that they share. Joy is the steadfast assurance that God is with us. Even when all signs point to the contrary. Joy is the recognition that God was with us yesterday, God is with us today, and God will be with us tomorrow. One of the most profound things about our Advent discipline is that peace, hope, love, and joy, they have a very peculiar relationship with time. Advent is a season where we prepare for something that has already happened. But of course we do. One of the things I love about Christianity is that it's, it's reckless abandonment of a timeline of A to B to C to D. When we talk about salvation, when we talk about God's gift of salvation, God is not bound by time. I love the Gospel of John. In John chapter 11, it says, Jesus went to the home of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And then it says, Mary, you know, the one who anointed Jesus' feet. But interestingly enough, that doesn't happen until the next chapter of John, until John chapter 12. John doesn't care about the timeline. When Paul says that God was pleased to reconcile all things through Christ, all means all, including time. Time is part of creation. Our experience of past, present, and future is also redeemed. I love how scripture says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Folks have asked me, why was Jesus born when he was? Well, the, the closest scripture says is it's when time was full. Because even time itself, our day to day, the hours that tick, the way we use our, even time itself had to be unburdened. And redeemed. Sometimes folks ask me, well, if Jesus died and was raised in 33 AD, what about the folks in 32 AD? Were they just out of luck? No. The cross works both ways through all of time, through all of space, through all of our life. And this is our joy. This timeless, this inadequate, this essential, this this durable word 
I love how Chris Wyman puts it. Uh, Chris Wyman wrote a book of poetry. Uh, it's a hundred poems. Well, he, he edited a book of poetry. It's a hundred poems on the word joy. And this is what he says in the introduction. To define joy as present tense is to keep it fastened to time. And that doesn't feel completely right. It might be truer to say that joy is a flash of eternity that illuminates time. But the word eternity does sit a bit lumpishly there on the page. (laughs) Joy is a flash of eternity. And when we place this in the context of our Advent discipline, it makes perfect sense. Love is something that we have experienced in the past God putting on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. We love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. Love is, is, is what happened in the past. Peace, peace is our work right here, right now, seeking reconciliation. Beating our plowshare, beating our swords in the plowshares, putting down the sword, working to be brothers and sisters. It's our work now. Hope, hope projects us into the future. Ultimately, ultimately when there will be a new heaven and a new earth, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago when, when angels announced to shepherds and then the shepherds announced to the Holy Family, angels gave birth to angels and we hope one day that all of God's children will proclaim the good news of Christ where angels will give birth to angels so that the heavens itself are full of angels. And joy is timeless. Joy is what allows peace, hope, and love to all exist in the same place at the same time. You know, time, you know what time is? Time is simply God's way of making sure everything doesn't happen at once. <laughs> but joy is that great gift of God that brings peace and hope and love together in the same place in the same time in a manger, under a star, being adorned by all. It's like the scandal of Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. If I climb to the highest heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. What's remarkable about this psalm is that it claims that God doesn't only reside in the temple. And we don't have to go to the temple to experience God. God comes to us. Whether we are on the mountaintop or whether we are in the valley, God comes to us. That is the Christmas story, is it not? God has come to us. When Mary and Elizabeth meet and John, the son of Zechariah, who was struck dumb so that joy might be recognized, When he is in the presence of Jesus and they are both in the womb, John leaps for joy because God is near. Joy is the steadfast assurance that God is with us. Joy may be a happy feeling. Joy may be the bloom in the midst of rubble. but it is the truth that we are not alone. Peace, hope, and love are united in a timeless joy, and if we are silent 
long enough. We will know this to be true. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, we do, we do hope that we are filled with gladness and happiness during this time as we celebrate that you have come near, that you have come near to us. But Father, help us also to understand that even in the midst of rubble, you are there and you do not desert us and that you are with us. Help us to revel in this timeless joy that allows peace and hope and love to be with us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.